Welcome to the sermon podcast of Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are glad that you are here. At Christ Church, we believe that God is alive in Holy Scripture, inspiring, challenging, and guiding us today. As we journey through the Bible together, we bring our hopes, our pain, our questions, and our doubts, trusting Jesus to meet us here full of grace. Christ Lutheran Church is a special place of healing. May the Word of God bless you today. Listen again for the Word of the Lord from the Gospel of Luke in the 24th chapter. Now, on that same day, this is the day of the resurrection, on that same day, two of them We're going to a village called Emmaus, which is about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking to each other about all of these things that had happened. And while they were talking and and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. One of them, whose name was Cleopas, he answered him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? And Jesus asked them, well, what things? They replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and the people, and how the chief priests and leaders, they handed him over to be condemned to death and, and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and and. Besides all of this, it's now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning. And when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. So some of those who were with us, they went to the tomb. They found it just as the women had said, but they didn't see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are. How slow to heart to believe all of the things that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And then, beginning with Moses and all of the prophets, Jesus interpreted to them the things about himself in all of the scriptures. As they got near to the village where they were going, he walked on ahead as if he was going to go on. But they urged him strongly, saying, stay with us because it's almost evening. The day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. 
Then their eyes were opened. They recognized him, and then he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road? While he was opening the scriptures for us? So that same hour they got up and they returned to Jerusalem. They found the 11 disciples and their companions gathered together. And they were saying, the Lord has risen indeed. He has appeared to Simon. And so then they told what had happened to them on the road and how he had been made to known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. So I, they thought, they thought that it was the disappointment of a lifetime but it was actually the greatest gift of all time. Sometimes life disappointments can end up leading to unexpected blessings. I'll say that again because I want to make sure that you hear this, that sometimes when we look back on our life, we get to see that some hardship brought about some blessing that we could not have imagined otherwise. When we are surprised by a change, when the rug is pulled out from underneath us, when we get that punch to the gut, a time can be terrible, but good can come from it. Maybe it strengthened some relationship, or through it, you learned that you have this incredible internal strength to survive. Maybe the love of the community poured out in ways that you could not have imagined. Now, these things, they do not make up for the loss. They do not merit suffering. Maybe we'd trade all of those things that we gained for what was lost in a heartbeat, that is not how life works. Nonetheless, God does not allow for us to go through suffering without gaining something, without some light shining out of that darkness. It can be the case that what we first experience as a major disappointment or hardship is exactly what God uses to turn into a blessing on down the line. See, the followers of Jesus experienced the disappointment of a lifetime. But they could not see, they couldn't see right then, the fact that it was also the greatest gift of all time. So Cleopas and his friend were followers of Jesus. They had experienced this disappointment of, of all of their lives, but it turns out that, that, that they had just witnessed also the greatest miracle of all time, which is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Three days earlier, Jesus had been killed on the cross, and they said, we had hoped that he was the one to save Israel. Can you hear that disappointment? We had hoped that he was the one to save Israel. But it turns out, 
That's why we say things sometimes like, well, you know, don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. The British, I'm told, have the saying that it's the hope that kills you. Don't get your hopes up. You're just setting yourself up for disappointment. All of those following Jesus had gotten their hopes up. They were tired of living under Roman rule, hoping for a savior. They were ready. But nobody wants their hopes dashed, do they? Do you ever get really excited about a political candidate? Really excited about some politician, but then they got into power and uh, didn't quite live up to all of the hope. I know that there are folks who, when they were kids, they had adults in their lives who didn't act very much like adults should. And they would make promises, I'll be there for your birthday. I won't miss that game. I promise I'm done with that behavior. The kid gets his hopes up one too many times. And then for the rest of his life, he's careful with his heart. He guards it so he doesn't have to deal with that pain of disappointment. Those who had followed Jesus had risked their lives for him. But even more than that, they had risked their hearts for him. They wanted to believe They hoped that he was the one. And then came that cross. I told you so. Shouldn't have gotten your hopes up. It's tough luck. See, it's the hope that kills you. And Cleopas and his friend were, were, were taking a walk and they were talking about all of these things that had happened and and how it, maybe how it had felt when they first met him. And, and how they had seen him, him heal all those people and, and feed all of those people. And that led them to, to dare to dream. Surely, they said, surely this, this can't be the Messiah. Can it? Can it? And so they were discussing these things that had happened the way that we do sometimes after those big events in life, the way we, we might talk through it, going over it again and again, trying to, to understand, but there was no way around it. They were coming to the grips more and more with their disappointment in Jesus. And it hurt. And that is when he showed up. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and walked along with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. We don't know why it is they couldn't see that it was Jesus. Probably something supernatural was going on, but maybe it had something to do with just how lost in their disappointment they were. At that moment, so close to this great loss, they simply could not see That the great trauma they had experienced, the great shock and pain and loss, was already being shaped into a more incredible story. An even more incredible reality. There is no denying their loss. that It was terrible. 
Jesus was an innocent man whose great crime was giving people hope in love and hope in forgiveness, hope that they could belong, hope that they would be saved. That was his big crime. Then he was unjustly killed. There's nothing good about that. And yet, God does not let that great loss be for nothing. No, because out of that loss, God brought new life. Because the cross does not ultimately simply lead to a body in a tomb. What a disappointment that would have been. But because of the cross, God brings all of us to eternal salvation. That is the hope, and that hope does not disappoint. So let me be clear about something. God doesn't cause our suffering. God does not cause our suffering. God doesn't cause us suffering so that we will learn some lesson or, or to test us. God is not. It's, God is incapable of being the source of our disappointments. But God does redeem our suffering. God takes the broken pieces and creates something new. Something maybe even beautiful. Just as God did not simply let Jesus suffer, but took that suffering and through it taught us about God's forgiveness, showed us what God's undying commitment to us looks like, God's promise to save us from death. And so now when we go through hardship, it is not going to be in vain. In time, in God's good time, something more will come of it. But we can't always see it at first. And probably in the midst of the pain and the heartbreak, we don't want to see it. We aren't ready for a silver lining. Grief does take the time that it takes. It has to have its time. But by the grace of God, there will always be light ahead. And tomorrow, today's sorrows will reveal themselves to have been shaped by God into tomorrow's joy. Not joy that the hardship happened, but a kind of joy that would not be the same were it not for that hardship. Stephanie knew that they were in trouble when she saw their trampoline go flying through their backyard. And then the entire house began to shake. And then the windows exploded. And she heard the sound like a freight train coming right for them. That day in Indiana, in March 2012, there were 140 twisters, 76 confirmed landings, and 39 deaths. And Stephanie was at home with her two young children, her son and her daughter, and that tornado, one of those tornadoes, was headed straight for them. So she grabbed her young son and her young daughter. She headed for the basement in the house. And then her house was torn apart by 175-mile-per-hour winds. She only had a blanket, and she used it to cover herself and herself to cover her children. She covered her kids 
with her body as the house fell apart on top of them. The huge beam that ran down the center of their house that held it together fell and it landed on Stephanie's legs and it pinned her. And at that moment, a second tornado came tearing through their house. And she saw another huge beam flying through the sky, headed right for her daughter's head. And with Stephanie's legs pinned underneath this beam, she couldn't get to them freely. She began to twist and turn and pull herself as much as she could so that she could take the brunt of that blow and save her daughter. In the process of all of that movement, she ended up breaking eight of her ribs and puncturing her lung. As more debris fell, she struggled more and more to keep them covered. Now, if she had only been looking after herself, she would have been fine. But to save her children, Stephanie ended up sacrificing herself. One of her legs was completely severed. She stayed conscious the whole time so that she could be, as much as possible, able to keep her kids safe. And after the tornadoes finally passed, her son, who was fine, ran and got help for Stephanie before she bled out. That day, Stephanie lost her home. She ended up losing both of her legs. But she kept her family alive. And now, now I think she has every single reason to be angry, don't you? And to regret that day. But instead, if you asked her today, she would say she wouldn't change a thing. Her family is now closer than they ever could have imagined. Stephanie learned how to walk and then run on prosthetic legs. She just ran a marathon not too many years ago. She started the Stephanie Decker Foundation, which has helped hundreds of children who have lost limbs attend sports camps. She got invited to meet President Barack Obama at the White House. Now, some may say that everything happens for a reason. I don't think that is the way that it is with God. But when bad things do happen, people do amazing things. People act with courage and selflessness. People come together and they support each other. People discover strengths that they did not know that they had. People find life even after great loss. And God does give us eyes to see it. The way that good can come out of tragedy. That tragedy is not the end of life. She wouldn't change a thing. So as two friends walked down the road to Emmaus, they were walking that path of grief from the greatest tragedy And they did not yet have eyes to see that the tragedy of Jesus' death was not the end of life, but the beginning of new life. And it was when they talked to him about it, when they talked to him about it, they named their disappointment, they named their, they thought was their mistake. Hope He brought that out of them. He got them talking about it. And as they talked openly about their hope and their disappointment and their confusion and their loss, they began to change, I think, in a way 
They didn't remain locked in their grief. They didn't wall themselves off. Instead, what they ended up doing was inviting this stranger to come into their home to offer hospitality. He went in and he stayed with them. And and then they made him a meal. When he was at the table with them, He took bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Even though they went through the greatest disappointment of a lifetime, Jesus showed up. He walked with them. He listened to them. He helped them heal. Instead of growing bitter, he was the reason that they turned towards generosity They opened their hearts to a stranger. And to their great surprise, when they did what Jesus taught them to do, when they showed hospitality, when they came together for a meal, he gave them eyes to see the greatest miracle that came from their greatest loss. And that is that Christ is alive. Beloved, there is no disappointment or loss too great for God to make a path towards new life. Our faith enables us to keep risking our hearts to hope, to face loss but not let it crush us, to experience disappointment but not let it make us cold. If we follow Jesus through all the paths of life and if we continue to do as he did, to show compassion, to share meals, to welcome strangers, to make new friends, then he will continue to show us the way and he will walk it with us always. And then our hearts too, as theirs, will burn with love. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. been listening to the sermon podcast from Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are honored you joined us. If you're in Harrisburg, we welcome you to join us for worship on Sundays at 1030. To find out more about our church as well as the free health services we offer, visit our website, ChristHarrisburg.org. Our theme music is by Lucian Kemper. I hope today's sermon blessed you and you'll join us again. Until then, May God be with you.